0: podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. Today, we're talking all things digital marketing and tactics for businesses to stay relevant in the digital age. And I've got one of the absolute best joining me today. Evan Cunningham Dunlop runs Living Online and is regarded as one of the leading digital marketers in the country. Evan, welcome to the unicorns podcast
1: thanks justin it's really good to be with you
0: so living online is a digital marketing business based in perth tell me how did it all get started
1: yeah so it's uh it's been a little while that we've been going uh, it's about 12 years now um, i started living online in 2009 um the gfc was still you know a pretty big thing uh, around then so i just been made redundant actually from my job as a management consultant at um, one of Perth's leading technology consulting companies. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I thought, okay, well, you know, I've, I've got to do something. Um, when I was working yeah, in my management consulting, yeah, I need a job, right? Like, you know, I'm kind of sitting around, I don't have a huge amount of money. I, I really have to do something like it's, it's a necessity type of thing. And uh, so, you know, I was pretty lucky before that because when I was working as the management consultant, I had a little two-month stint as a digital marketing manager for a company by the name of QuickFlix. Um, I don't know if you remember QuickFlix mm. at all, but, um, mm. you know, yes. they were an Australian-based, yeah, Netflix clone um, of sorts. They were listed on the ASX. They'd served more than a million customers, Um They'd done more than $100 million worth of revenue. They had a pretty well-developed digital marketing capability. So, you know, in that sort of role, it was a bit of a baptism of fire for me um, into digital marketing. So uh, when the news came that I was jobless, I thought, okay, well, you know, walked up and down the beach, did a bit of running, um, you know, all of that sort of romantic sort of thing. And um, after a bit of reflection, thought I, I wanted to start a business. So um, you know, with twenty thousand dollars in the bank and a secondhand laptop that my friend had given me, and and a bedroom in a sharehouse, I figured that my two months of digital marketing experience at Quickflix, you know, made <laughs> me an it. expert. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was I was an expert by this point, obviously. So I decided to to start a digital agency, and uh, so my first thing, obviously, was you know, I, I really had to just learn. I spent about six months mm. um, just diving in and realizing that you know, first of all, I actually knew nothing, um, and secondly that. In order to do a good job, I needed to learn a hell of a lot really quickly. So um, just dived into SEO to start with, learned everything I could, um, landed a first client. And uh, with that first client, we doubled their revenue in a year. They expanded their business nationally. So um, based on that- That would have been good,
0: getting getting your, your first living, breathing, paying client on board
1: yeah that was um that was amazing actually. you know I was uh, I was really happy that they trusted us um, with that and uh, you know it was a small business, so it wasn't a huge amount of money, but it was um an opportunity for us to prove or for me to prove that um, I could do a good job and that you know what we had to offer was something that businesses need. Um, mm. And so you know it worked. So on the back of that, I thought, okay, well, you know m- maybe I actually have something to offer now and um, and from there, you know we've obviously we've grown over the last decade.
0: You've grown. So, so tell me about the business. what is what is it that living online does, and what is the specialty?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, we're a digital marketing agency. Um, we in terms of what we do, so I guess first of all, we have a team that provides um, the services that we offer. So we're very much a consulting based business, and we've got fourteen full-time staff. Um, a couple of contractors. The team is is really incredible. You know, I'm really privileged to work with those guys. They're really, really bright, highly capable. Um, you know, a lot of people say that, um, you know, the biggest asset is their people, but for us it's it's absolutely a truism. Um, we so in terms of I guess how we how we serve clients, we run multi-channel digital marketing campaigns. So that means everything from you know SEO to SEM, social analytics, content, remarketing, web design, development, you know, video, programmatic the full spectrum of, uh, mm-hmm. of digital marketing channels and platforms, obviously underpinned by strategy and creative. Um, we're, t- we're technology and vendor agnostic, uh, which means that we don't try and find um, sort of, you know, a, a hole to fit our-, our square peg and sort of jam it in there. It's very yes. much about bringing the right sort of tool to the job. Um, and we're structured a bit differently to other agencies in that, in that you know, we-, we really focus on breaking down the knowledge and capability silos and um, within the business is an obsessive focus on continual learning, uh, which means that everyone in the company is multi-skilled. Um, yes. But I guess kind of, you know, if we sort of say, okay, well, okay, we do all these things and, and we have this, you know, great team, we've got this great business and you know, we provide consulting services. Um, you know, I could say that the specialty is SEO because we've had some tremendous success with that. You know, we've taken clients from having 700,000 sessions per month to more than 3.3 million sessions per month. But um i think if we were to really sort of drill down a little bit deeper i think our uh, specialty is best defined as what i would say being the rapid exploitation of low competition opportunities so mm-hmm. what i mean by this is that um yeah so um you know a big focus for us is around exploration and experimentation you know we're constantly testing and trying new things um we try to use the learnings that we glean from the analytics to underpin the data driven decision making so for example, um, let's say there's a new platform, new digital platform, a technology, or some sort of advertising feature that's come into the marketplace. Um, a lot of a lot of agencies and a lot of companies will take a wait and see sort of approach. So they'll say, "Well, look, you know, there's something there, but I'm not really sure if it's going to be good, and you know, there could be some brand risk associated with this, or um, it could just not work. And what if it doesn't work? That's you know, geez, that could be such a, a problem. We might have wasted some money." Um, for us, really, you know, these are the kind of the best opportunities. It's where where something's new, but people haven't yet figured out that it's good, which means that the amount of demand to leverage this new platform is not that high, which tends to mean that the cost of using it is low. So for us, it's very much around, you know, our focus is on trying new things as they come into the marketplace, using the data to prove that they work or how they can work, And then once we have that data, really exploiting them when they're having that moment in the sun. So, you know, we can generate really strong return on ad spend um, for a period of time before everyone else has kind of figured
0: out that it's a good thing. So going on from that, what are some of the specific problems that you solve for them?
1: Yeah, um, so look, I guess it really depends upon the client. So, you know, sometimes, for example, they already have a great product or service. They just need to put the hammer down and really drive customer acquisition. Um, and that's very much around, you know, generating growth confidently and acceptable cost per acquisition. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes we just have customers that have had a terrible experience with marketing um, previously. So, you know, they've been promised a world by their previous marketing agency, um, but the results weren't there. So, you know, this can mean fixing major screw-ups um, from the previous agency. And we've seen some, you know, pretty nightmare scenarios.
0: Unpicking um, mm. some of the, the bad stuff
1: yeah absolutely you know so and that that's probably about a 50 50 scenario so you know that it could be for example that someone has screwed up their seo and they've experienced a massive drop in traffic or that um you know they wasted a whole bunch of money like maybe they raised some money um as a startup or you know they were planning they've done like a, a series a or something similar and they're planning on you know scaling their business um they've then spent a bunch of their marketing budget and they've you know now reached a point where they're going geez you know we we have sort of like, you know, 30 or 40% of what we had originally, that's all we've got left. And now we need to make it work. So, you know, we, we can't sit there and hope it works. We've got to actually make it happen. It has to happen. Yeah, it has to happen now. It has to happen reliably. You know, we need someone that we can trust. So I think, you know, a big a big problem that a lot of clients have is, is a knowledge gap between, you know, what they know they need to do and how to actually do it. Um, So we, I guess, kind of steer them through those waters. um, So we become uh, a bit of a a reliable advisor um, for them so they know that, okay, I now know that this is no longer this sort of black box of unknowns. This is something that I get, I understand, um, I know that I'm being taken in the right sort of path and we're going to get to our outcome reliably.
0: So Living Online is based in Perth, but you have clients, as I understand, all over Australia uh, give, give us a flavor of some of the clients that you're currently working with or have worked with.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so, yep, a pretty broad client base. Um, we do have a couple of international clients as well that have come to us okay. through word of mouth, uh, which is right. yeah, which is you know really pleasing. Um, at the moment, a lot of our clients are in the property industry. So mm-hmm. we're working with some of Australia's biggest developers, uh, marketing their apartment projects, including a $2.1 billion development on the Gold Coast, a lot of home builders. I've really heard about, about that.
0: that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you know that's a, a really uh, a great project. Um, it's called Imperial Square, run by Azura Corporation. So uh, that's something that um, you know we're really excited to be involved with. Um, a lot of property finance companies, property consultants, a lot of e-commerce clients as well. So in addition to property, which you know probably about thirty percent, forty percent of our clients are in that industry. Um, the rest of it is pretty varied. So you know e-commerce, software as a service, startups, professional services companies consumer service companies, travel and hospitality, manufacturers, education, um, dealt with some universities. Um, But we also do a lot of work for what I call bulk content websites. So, you know, newspapers, forums, real estate portals, weather websites, where really, you know, the success is won or lost through the SEO game.
0: Yes. Okay. So for any business, um, whether they're here locally in Australia or overseas, and they are looking for a good online presence, what are some of the key things that they need to be thinking about and doing?
1: Yeah, um, so first of all, it's it's really depends upon what the business needs. Um, Hmm. So, you know, I don't think there's sort of a, like a one-size-fits-all scenario. Um, You know, you could say, oh, well, hey, Google's really important, got to do Google. But, you know, maybe not. Probably, probably yes, um, but maybe not. So I guess, you know, first and foremost, the most important thing is to get an understanding of what specifically it is that you're wanting to achieve. Um, Mm. You know, is it that you're wanting to get more customers or is it that you're wanting to get the same number of customers for a lower cost? Um, Or is, you know, customers for some reason, you know, not the primary metric, is it more around traffic? Uh, so really get an understanding of, you know, what it is that the business needs to actually achieve. Um, mm-hmm. Then once you've got that in place, um, you definitely need to have a great website. If you don't have a great website, then it's a leaky bucket sort of scenario. Um, you need
0: you to know, have a website. You need to have <laughs> a website. Yeah, you
1: know, and but you know, I, I guess, kind of, most companies have a website nowadays. Yeah. Um, we do see though a lot of you know pretty crappy websites, um, and you know that's a problem. Like whether or not they're not operating well on mobile, um, or they're they're not fast, or they just don't they, they don't have a. Um, a look and feel that's commensurate with the brand. So people are mm. getting there and they're sort of being a little bit underwhelmed. Okay. Uh, so you know, having a great website is really important. Um, having really robust analytics is important. You know, you need to be able to see what's working, what's not, um, and use the the data to be able to drive the decisions around how to build a campaign that's that's working. Um, And beyond that, it's really about, um, you know, prioritizing activity and prioritizing the focus of the digital marketing um, in a way that's likely to lead to the best outcome the fastest. So doing a bunch of things, trying them, seeing how they're going, and then, you know, being willing to change.
0: So obviously, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Marketing budgets have been slashed everywhere. I mean, the world economy uh, has really taken a hit. What are your views then on those companies that have either maintained their existing spend on digital marketing or conversely increased digital spend during this time?
1: Yeah, uh, so I guess, you know, first of all, there's some studies that I'm sure you know, some people would know about that you know demonstrate that's continuing to market during a downturn. Um, leads to better financial performance over the medium to long term. So there's some precedent to suggest that you know, first of all, it's a good idea because you know, COVID um, has generated a downturn in some industries. Um, yeah. But more specifically, you know, we saw a really interesting phenomenon when COVID struck. So, you know, first of all, a lot of businesses just stopped marketing and advertising entirely. Um, the really interesting part about this in digital is that digital works largely with an auction-based pricing model which means that as demand decreases, then so do the prices. So in other words, it costs less money to reach the same number of people, which flowing on from that means that you can find customers often for a lower cost, or at least the same cost if you were to uh, incorporate some form of reduced conversion rate due to the pandemic. Mm. But mm. you can actually you know, often generate the same sort of performance. So you know, we saw COVID hitting and we went to our customers and said, look, we actually see this as an opportunity for you rather than a risk. So rather than decreasing your marketing budgets, we recommend that you increase them. And we found that, you know, often the companies that we're working with have had their best ever results um, that they've ever had. It's, it's actually really astounding. Is that um, right? Yeah, w- which has been great. You know, so like often it's been paired um, in, with a novel way of reaching the customer. So. You know for example, instead of saying, okay well um let's just do our standard sort of um f- you know send someone to a website get them to fill out a form on a contact page, and then we have a sales team follow them up we started taking more of an approach around um, webinars and virtual conferences and that sort of thing, which we thought was we thought a little bit was probably more likely to be a branding thing, but we actually found that it you know these people were just dropping to the bottom line in terms of um, becoming customers and turning into to revenue for a lot of our clients so mm. um you know, some clients, of course, it doesn't make sense to market, you know, so like if you're running an airline, you know, it's probably not a great idea to market international airline flights when there are no <laughs> flights running, but um, yeah, Plans you know, ground on the yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so that's, that's just going to be a wasted spend um, sort of scenario. But, you know, if you're doing digital well, and you have the analytics to show you what's working and what's not, then instead of sort of panicking and, you know, getting scared about it and saying, oh, geez, this is, um, this is a risk for us. Like, rely upon the data, have confidence in the data, be willing to try and experiment. And if it's working well, then, you know, that's an opportunity for you. So, so really go after it.
0: So to what extent is having a digital presence now an essential part of every business? Uh,
1: so absolutely critical. Um, it has been for a number of years. You know, some companies, I guess, are still uh, playing the sort of laggard game a little bit. Mm. Um So for some businesses, I think, you know, the reasons are pretty obvious, you know, for example, an an e-commerce retailer needs to have an online presence in order to make sales. That's just, you know, period, that's it, end of story. Um, Obviously, any business that operates in B2C sort of space needs to have a strong digital marketing presence as well. Um, But it can also be used for a competitive advantage. So, you know, for example, if competitors have a low level of capability in this area, then it presents an opportunity to acquire customers' At a lower cost which allows the company to offer lower prices which means more customers and so on so it becomes a, a virtuous sort of cycle um, in this way but uh you know even if you're not relying upon advertising and marketing to generate customers you still need an online presence for example you know prospective employees will often assess a company's online presence as part of mm. deciding whether or not to join a company if you're doing tenders and you're operating in the b2b space people that are evaluating the tender submission are going to look at the online presence as part of the decision-making process. So, um, I think it's, you know, it's sort of the thing that if you, if you don't have an online presence and it's not a great online presence, then it's doing you a, a big disservice and it's something that needs to be
0: fixed. So how sophisticated therefore is the art of establishing a good online presence for a business? It's, um,
1: it's the hardest thing that I've ever done. And, uh, I've done some pretty difficult things, you know, over the years, Um, you know, I've uh, was a filmmaker for um, international broadcast television for a period of time. Um, I have done an MBA at UWA. Um, I've, I guess, you know, dealt with some really big complex clients from a consulting perspective, but um, getting digital marketing right is very, very difficult. You know, SEO is incredibly complex. The landscape is changing and constantly shifting. Um, There's this, you know, just absolute explosion of new technologies and platforms so you know establishing an online presence i think requires being adept with the technology Um, you've got to have the marketing fundamentals down pat obviously you need to understand strategy creativity and you've got to have financial acumen to be able to say um, to be able to determine i should say whether or not something is is working and you know what is an acceptable um, return on ad spend or cost per acquisition based upon the you know the fundamental um, financial factors that underpin the business model. Um, so it's a really really challenging space. You know it's it's hard to find people that can do it well, um, which is why we put so much emphasis into learning and training um, because it's you know having having brutally strong intellect I think is the first thing so that you can mm-hmm. just kind of keep up with the um, you know the changing or the the fast um, pace of change in the space.
0: So, what then? Say you're a business. You've got a what you think is a pretty good website. You've got a form where you know potential customers could fill out their details. Uh, there's some content on there, but you're not doing SEO. There's no AdWords. Um, you know what? What are you giving them out of ten? That's you know potentially what's that? A four or five out of ten, or you know is the is the rank lower because they're not doing any active work to scoop up potential customers
1: yeah look i think they'd have to be pretty lucky um to have something like that working well for them Um, Mm. you know it could be that they have a really strong brand through you know other mechanisms but more likely than that you know there's a, a massive lost opportunity um that is going wanting so um you know, it's the people who are in the space and have been doing it for a period of time, you know, have developed a competitive advantage. So, mm-hmm. you know, if someone someone has a website and, you know, they, they have a form, but they are not doing any form of active marketing for any aspect um, of the business, whether that be for prospective employees or for, you know, potential customers. Yeah, like, I don't know that... Off the top of my head, that's like a, a one or a two. You know,
0: it's um yeah okay. So so if we use that example, then what? And I know this is a, this is a hard question. What spend potentially is required to sort of get them in the game? What's sort of, what 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 does it look like? What does the money look like?
1: Yeah. Um. So like again, it really depends upon the business. Mm. Um, I think you know one of the one of the mistakes that a lot of companies do make is that you know they. Do tend to underinvest, um, you know, in the area, and as part of that, you know, it's it's often because, you know, I think they've sort of again, you know, like been promised by um, an agency that hey, we can do all these amazing things, and it's not going to cost you very much money. Um, you know, often that means that the agency isn't doing a very good job. Um, but you know, look, we manage spends that range from um, eight hundred thousand dollars per month. Um, of advertising spend for Stop a single client. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go so away. Yeah, so you know, pretty pretty large and you know obviously uh, <laughs> it's, it's important <laughs> to get, get that right one there. right. Um, yeah. You know, Facebook ad budgets for single clients of half a million per month again. Um, but you know, we also have <laughs> I'm in the customers wrong game. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I know the uh, the Google and, and Facebook's are doing pretty well um, but you know we also have clients that don't spend anything on the actual advertising dollars they you know will spend money on services for SEO and um, you know for email marketing and so forth and that sort of thing, but they don't necessarily have an actual advertising spend because of the nature of their business model um, look, I think that if you're a an average you know, that's really sort of how long is a piece of string. But if you're an average customer with um, an average sort of requirement, then if you're spending somewhere between sort of you know five to ten thousand dollars a month as an SME um, online, then you know across both kind of your services and your advertising, you're you're doing pretty well. You know, you should be able to see some pretty meaningful results from that. If you have a really high growth business and you're you're wanting to really kind of put down. Um, the hammer and really push things hard, then you know it's probably more around the sort of the twenty k plus sort of mm. space. Um, but you know budgets up around the sort of hundred thousand plus are pretty rare. Um, yeah. That's that's you know an enterprise level type client or someone that just you know fundamentally digital is the um, factor that underpins success for their business.
0: What are the what are the key metrics that businesses need to be aware of when they're assessing their digital footprint? And whether or not you know they're they're working
1: yeah so i guess um you know first of all really steer away from the vanity metrics um you know a lot of again clients will have a focus on things like social media followers and facebook likes and whatever and and that sort of thing it's really not important um you know, they're only the metrics are only important if they're going to move the needle. So mm. um, you've got to focus on the metrics that are most cling, closely linked to the primary objectives of the business. So, for example, mm. if it's an e commerce company where the transaction is facilitated online, then you've got to look at your return on ad spend. If it's a lead generation business, then you want to look at the cost per acquisition for each lead and also. Importantly, the relevant conversion rate of the lead as it goes through the sales cycle. So from you know inquiry, to having a conversation, to having a meeting, to having a proposal, to having a successful sale, for example, um, because some leads are better than others. So yeah. you know, if, yeah. if you're generating a lot of leads at a low cost per acquisition, but they're not turning into customers, that's still not working. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to this, there's also leading indicators that are important to measure. So although I've said that, you know, vanity metrics um, are important to steer away from, if, for example, you see that organic search rankings and traffic um, have a direct connection between those sorts of factors and the fundamental goals of the business, then focus on those. Um, but, you know, metrics are a pretty hard game. There's a lot of complexity involved with assessing multi channel conversions across different devices and platforms. But if you can get the data right, then it provides a tremendous
0: advantage. So, how has digital marketing changed then over the years, especially with the advent of new social media platforms?
1: It's just continuing to get more and more complex. Um, it you know it constantly surprises. We've had Google as a stalwart of the times. You know, it's it's obviously been a reliable driver of performance. Um, Facebook has become a juggernaut, um, including through you know the acquisition of of Instagram. Um, Interestingly, they started off with a pretty ineffective kind of ad offering, um, but then they started offering ads in the feed and also released the ability to do remarketing effectively. So it became tremendously useful. Snapchat's been kind of interesting. You know, they've been sort of hot, cold, hot, cold, and um, particularly when they changed their UX, um, I think they missed the mark for a little while. They also missed the mark a little bit with their self-serve ad offering, but um, they've, I think, become something that's definitely a reliable contributor again now. Um, I guess the big thing is that it's gotten more and more important to have a multi-channel approach to digital. So it's no longer possible to just be a one trick pony. And instead, you know, as hard as it is, you kind of, you kind of need to be great at everything. Um, You know, and also like, you have to be willing to try things that maybe once didn't work, but now do. So LinkedIn, you know, again, for, for a while, um, it was a good platform on a lot of in a lot of ways, but the ad offering was not that reliable. Recently, we've seen that they're actually getting really, really good at their targeting, and used with the right sort of creative and the right sort of offer, and uh, deployed in the right sort of way um, for the right sort of business, it can be very powerful. So, um, yeah, with an explosion of technologies and explosion of platforms, you know, TikTok is a big thing. Um, aside from the regulatory considerations, you know, that are mm. taking place at the moment. Um, but uh, yeah, just a constantly evolving, constantly shifting,
0: um, and really exciting space. Would you say, to that extent, it's a truism that traditional advertising, or at least traditional advertising methodologies, um, are changing or even dying?
1: I think, um, undeniably. So, you know, we've, I think the challenge with traditional advertising is it's at a tremendous disadvantage um, because it lacks the precise targeting capabilities of digital marketing, and it lacks the feedback loop, an immediate feedback loop that's afforded by the analytics. So, you know, if you're looking at traditional and saying, well, you know, like radio, television, print, um, it's very much a spray and pray sort of approach um, Mm. relative to digital. Um, It still has value, but it's moved up the funnel to become more of a brand building exercise um, to the exclusion of, you know, direct response type of activities. Um, That said, you know, I think with the advent of connected television, um, we're gonna see a resurgence of some of the more traditional platforms. Although I don't really think that's traditional uh, anymore. It's, you know, more becoming digital and digital is sort of, I guess, taking over um, some of the, the different types of areas that, you know, were originally um, traditional, including you know billboards as well, you know the outdoor advertising space. Again, you know becoming connected and being able to target people, um, even based upon uh, understanding who's in the area at that time um, through you know again various types of technologies. So I think it's, I wouldn't say it's dying. It's always going to be there on some level, um, but it's definitely died a little bit, and uh, it's it's no longer as not, important not as on what it was. Support. Yeah, not yet on life support, but um, (laughs) it's taken a few body blows.
0: Okay. All right. Well, it's time for the crystal ball. Where do you see uh, this digital advertising market heading? Uh, In Australia, uh, internationally, and importantly, what businesses can do of all shapes and sizes, big and small, public and private, to ensure that they remain relevant online?
1: Yeah, so um, look, first of all, I think the market over the next five to 10 years and, and even the next two years um, is going to be very, very different from what we're seeing at the moment. That's the one thing that is absolutely known is that you know, change will happen um, and it's going to be faster and more pronounced than what it has been recently. So what it's going to look like over the, the coming uh, number of years, we don't yet know. Um, but a couple of things I think are probably likely to happen. First of all, Amazon is going to become um, a juggernaut in the advertising space. They've got tremendous access to data. Um, if you look at what Alibaba has done, um, Amazon is you know following suit and is already you know the fastest growing uh, digital marketing platform um, across the world. Uh, and that's because they know you know what people are buying, when they're buying it, who those people are. So the, you know the targeting capabilities are are really quite pronounced. I think virtual reality and augmented reality are almost at a point where they're going to um, become more mainstream. Um, Facebook has just released a, another um, Oculus headset, which um, is better than what they had previously. So, you know, I think that's going to become bigger. I think autonomous driving um, is, again, you know, going to come probably over the next five to 10 years. And, you know, if we think about the number of windscreens that you see in a car and the fact that you don't necessarily need to have windscreens if the car is driving itself, um, that's some pretty interesting sort of screen real estate. You know, it looks kind <laughs> of like a it. television, you know? <laughs> so like, I think that's, that's more time um, that people have in front of screens, you know, they could be on a virtual reality. It's a different headset whatever sort whatever of
0: screen being. time.
1: It is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a different sort of, um, i guess type of experience as well you know like if you're if you're in a vehicle you're already mobile so you know it's not that sort of um hard to imagine that that vehicle might take you somewhere that you weren't necessarily expecting to go um prior to getting into that vehicle um and you know potentially some of the costs of traveling in those vehicles would be subsidized um, via the advertising that you would be, you know, willing to engage with as well, um, you know, including through some eye tracking capabilities or something similar. So, um, I think the world will be very different. Um, it'll also be, again, you know, really exciting. And I think, you know, for for I think the key aspect is that there's a tremendous opportunity ahead of us, and that opportunity is going to be greater than you know what we've already experienced. And so, if we use the measure of what's just happened as an indicator of what's to come. That means that there's, you know, there's a lot of success to be found by being really good at this. So, to answer your question around, you know, what do businesses need to do to ensure they remain relevant, is, you know, first of all, if you're not doing it, do it well and do it um, as quickly as possible. And what I mean by that is get up to speed with what you haven't yet done fast because, you know, it's actually a big risk that you're missing out. Secondly, um, be brave, be willing to experiment, and you know, really, if you see something happening um, that looks like something new that no one else is yet trying don't wait to play follow the leader you know get in there first prove that it can work for you prove that it can work for your business and then um, you know once you've uncovered that opportunity you know really go after it because it's um it's an opportunity for you to have some um some outsized performance and do better than you have done uh, over the previous years
0: well that is uh, great advice and uh something that I think all businesses should be thinking about in the future Um, we'll leave it there today Evan Cunningham Dunlop founder and CEO of digital marketing agency living online thank you so much for joining us on the unicorns today and for your wonderful insights it's been a pleasure thank you
1: thanks Justin I really appreciate it